Trinity family and friends, this is our daily meditation on 1 Peter for April 7th. I'm Darian Lockett, and during these difficult times, we are looking at this letter written by the Apostle Peter to provide us with some hope uh, in our various trials at this time. Today, we're going to be looking at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. But before we look at the text, let's pray together. Father, we thank you that your grace is here for us. Um, help us, Lord, to see our true identity in Christ. Help us to, to not forget who we are in the midst of changing schedules and um, difficult, difficult moments and uncertainty about the future. Give us grace and open our eyes as we read your word today and help us, Father, to hear your voice speaking to us, challenging us, but also giving us words of comfort, gospel comfort. So, Lord, help us. Give us, give us your spirit so that we would understand and obey your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In the reflection on verses 3 through 5 yesterday, I mentioned that in verse 3, we find the opening of the main letter body. Here, Peter outlines the theological identity of his readers, and because his readers have become exiles due to their elect status, they are now out of place in what was their home. Because they follow Christ now, Peter must remind them who they are. In verse 1, Peter calls his audience elect exiles in the ESV or chosen exiles in the CSV. This is a really odd way of describing a group of people. It's, it's an oxymoron, elect and exile. They're, those are almost opposite terms. An oxymoron kind of like deafening silence or definitely maybe or UCLA national champions. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Each of these terms, elect and exile, are carefully selected terms from Israel's description in the Old Testament. Throughout the Old Testament, Israel was God's chosen people who were called to a holy way of life that, in the end, set them apart from all other nations. However, as the Old Testament unfolds, we find that God's elect people were exiled from their land because of sin and rebellion. Usually, exile was God's punishment as a result of Israel's failure to keep the demands of Yahweh's covenant. Thus, God's chosen people were scattered among the nations and lived as exiles. Yet Peter is using the word exile in a slightly different way. It's not as though Christians have been rebellious and now God is punishing them with exile, but rather Peter is saying that our elect status, our new identity in Christ makes us or causes us to be exiles where we were once at home. Because we follow Jesus, this means that we now think, live, and work in an entirely new way. We have a new identity, and this new identity rubs rough against the culture in which we live, and it challenges really even who we used to be before Christ. So our elect status in God's work in Christ has made us exiles. We're not in our true home. We live here. We don't reject the world, but we're out of place. We wait for a new home. Our identity and our ultimate future lies elsewhere. So look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. You are being guarded by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Peter reminds us in verses 3 through 5 that God has acted on our behalf. We are born again to a living hope. We are made heirs to an unfading, unfailing, imperishable inheritance. 
one which we cannot lose. Here in verse 5, Peter promises that we are also being kept by God's power through faith. So, not only is our inheritance kept in heaven for us, Peter also says that we are being guarded by God's power through faith now, in this time, in this place. In the midst of our exile, we're not left on our own. We are kept by God himself. John Calvin notes with regard to this verse that though we are in the world exposed to dangers, we are yet kept by faith, and that though we are thus nigh to death, we are yet safe under the guardianship of God. Peter says we are kept for a salvation that is ready to be revealed. Though we don't yet see our final salvation, in other words, the final consummation or climax of what Jesus began on the cross has not yet come fully to be seen, um, it's still by God's power that we are preserved and we are uh, enduring to the end because of God's power. Just now, it's difficult to know what will happen in the coming days. The past week uh, has brought daily a daily paradigm-bending set of announcements and cultural shifts. Our jobs, our holidays, our hiking trips, our travel plans have all come to a sudden halt. It's hard enough to think about the end of the summer, let alone the end of this week. Will schools be back in session this fall? Who, who knows? Amidst all this uncertainty, Peter reminds us that we are kept by God's power in the midst of our suffering and even in the midst of this uncertainty. We know that we will be kept for salvation. That rescue plan seen clearly on the cross, we're assured here, will come someday to its final and full consummation in the salvation ready to be revealed. This is our hope. We're people who live richly, fully in this world, but we're people who live today with hope that things will not be like this always. Our hope isn't cut short by current circumstances. Our hope is shaped by a salvation that is ready to be revealed. We already see a glimpse of it on the cross, but it'll come in its fullness when Christ returns. So let us live now in light of that hope. This week I found the lyrics to an old hymn called Moment by Moment that captures some of what Peter is saying to us. I'll close with the words of this hymn. Dying with Jesus, by death reckoned mine. Living with Jesus, a new life divine. Looking to Jesus till glory doth shine, moment by moment, O Lord, I am thine. Moment by moment, I'm kept in his love. Moment by moment, I've life from above. Looking to Jesus till glory doth shine, moment by moment, O Lord, I am thine. Thanks be to God that we belong to Christ. Amen.